Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of QSR Uncut. I'm your host, Danny Klein, the editorial director at QSR Magazine. I'm flying solo this week because uh, Ben is over actually in Orlando at his first uh, work event since joining the company, which he did in January 2020, which obviously meant that he was not going to travel anytime soon. So thankfully, he's having a choice to get back into the world, but he will be back for, for those of you who are fans of his uh, very technical questions. So anyway, I am uh, joined this week by Kat Eccles of Clean Juice. So for those of you unfamiliar, Clean Juice, I think falls into that kind of a world of fastest growing franchises in the country, which I will definitely let Kat explain further. We're talking about 170 locations. We actually have one right by the office and they're based in Charlotte, North Carolina. We're in Chapel Hill. So one of the few brands who is a uh, kind of a neighbor of ours, but you know, Kat, thank you for joining us. Um, you know, a very exciting time for the company. I think especially as we all keep trying to uh, order immunity things mm-hmm. in the wake of what's been happening. So I'll give you a chance just to talk a little bit about the brand here, introduce yourself, and then we'll just uh, go from there. That's awesome. Well, yeah, thank you so much for having me, my fellow North Carolinian. (laughs) Um, And I'm grateful for you guys popping into our Chapel Hill store. But um, my name is Kat Eccles. My husband, Landon, and I founded Clean Juice. Um, We founded it, our first store opened in 2015. So we're coming on year seven. And we have, like you said, about 170 locations that have opened um, within that time frame. Um, What kind of sets us apart is we are the only certified organic juice bar franchise that that exists. So I think um, that's really set us apart in the industry in the sense that we have this differentiator and we have a product that um, I believe is superior and um, super healthy when you're doing something like juicing and smoothing juicing and smoothies where um, you're going in to make a healthy choice. So um, let's see, my husband and I started the company, like I said, in 2015. We kind of have an interesting story in that neither of us had um, a restaurant background or a food background um, or anything like that. Uh, We met in college, we were college sweethearts, and we started a family super young, and he went off to start his career in pharmaceuticals. And then he was doing um, commercial real estate development. So he was back and forth to Asia all the time, Vietnam, China, and um, kind of all these places. He was gone for weeks at a time. And uh, we were on baby number four. So I was pregnant with our fourth child. And I remember he came back from a trip and he was exhausted and it just wasn't working for our family. Like he was gone all the time. And I had all these young kids and we enjoyed being together and we couldn't be together. So we kind of were like, this isn't working. We got to regroup. We got to figure something out. So literally overnight, like we were living up in Pennsylvania at the time because he was working in New York City. I said, let's move to Charlotte. Let's open a juice bar. I had been really into health and wellness and studying how to eat healthy for a long time. That's just kind of what I did as my passion for myself. And I was like, I know that I could help you develop, help develop a juice bar. We could do this together. So within 24 hours, we drove to Charlotte and we bought a house and just kind of went at it full force. So it was really like a fast decision. It was really um, just a calling put on our lives. And we just kind of overnight were in Charlotte developing this juice bar. So our first one opened in June of um, 2015. And that's just kind of how Clean Juice came to be. Um, so before I, I kind of get into the early success, I have to mention the fact that you're a mother of five. And mm-hmm. so I have so I have two children. I have a two-and-a-half-month-old child and a three-and-a-half-year-old baby um, or toddler. 
And I have to say that I admire the fact that you are doing this because I'm at the point of, I guess, this process where I think to myself, I can't imagine having any more children because my life has been ent- entirely consumed. So I guess just talk quickly about what it's like doing that and also being a successful entrepreneur, because I think it's an inspiring story that a lot of people who want to have their own business, but also want to have families, you know, really think about and they kind of get, you know, sort of log jammed and understanding how am I going to do both of those things, especially when you're at that point where your child is two months old and they're never sleeping and you're up all night like I am, the idea of trying to balance a growing franchise would, you know, terrify me and I'm not a mother. <laughs> so, you know, I know it's even more difficult in that case. So, yeah, so yeah, just talk a little bit about that, because I think it's it's a message that, you know, would resonate with a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know that um, I have the right answer for this, um, but I definitely would say that we, um, you know, it's a lot like I had we had our fifth baby in 2017. So we were about two to three years into clean juice. And I'll never forget, like I was literally in labor, but I was trying to film like a training video for something. So I'm like having contractions and I'm filming the training video and I'm like huge. And like for years they use that video and never change it. So I'd be like, and the maca is good for, and I would like breathe through the contraction. And and then I like rushed to the hospital and had him within like 20 minutes because it was a full moon. And then like literally probably by that night was on doing emails and I don't want to like glorify that. Um, you know, I I think it's very important to take time for your kids. That was just my experience with the fifth one. Um, but it, it was a change for me. I was a stay at home mom, like my whole entire life before clean you. So it's not like I was used to having this kind of crazy career and balancing it all. Like I just was home with my kids and I loved that. And I was very content doing that. Um, It wasn't something that I necessarily aspired to be. Um, It just kind of happened. But I think for Landon and I, um, we do a really good job of like letting each other do what they need to do. So I know when I have to be home with my kids, like I can tell if I've been gone three days in a row, long days, like, you know, one of them is just really needing me. And I'll just tell him, like, I have to step back today and really focus on being with them. And he'll pick up, you know, where I might kind of be falling short. Um, so I think it's re- re- we're very, very lucky that we're in this together because I think that like just that partnership and just supporting each other through it um, has been really helpful. And we're also pretty family oriented. So, you know, we take our kids most of anywhere we can go. Most days if I come into the office, I actually homeschool all of them too. So they're with me all the time. Wow. So our schedule is just like wildly flexible. So I'll maybe have one here with me or like my oldest daughter, who's 15 now, she runs a few of our Instagram accounts. So we try to integrate her so she can kind of come in and help. And um, we really just try to make it as family oriented as possible, include our kids in what we're doing and teach them what we're doing. And um, our two oldest kids both work in our clean juice store. So they're learning about, you know, scheduling and they're picking up on things that they would like to change. So we really just try to include them in as much as we can. Um, And we also pretty much like we basically do work in family. Like we don't really do like we don't do huge friend things. We don't do like girls weekends, guys weekends. And I'm not again, I'm that's just what works for us. But it's like if we're not at work, we're all together with our family. And we've made our home like just a place that almost has an open door policy. So all their friends can come in and out. All of our friends can come in and out. We've made our home kind of like the hub. So we just really make sure that when we're not at work, we're at home, we're integrated with our kids and we're spending that intentional time because all of this doesn't matter if our kids feel like they were neglected or put to the wayside because of it. 
Right. So one other parent question for you. I know I've read, you know, kind of when you had your first child, you realized you wanted to eat better, healthier, and was one of the inspirations behind all this. But I mean, have you actually been successful in, in having your children eat healthy? Because mm-hmm. I remember kind of starting off when my wife was pregnant with my first child and we talked a lot about that. And then now she's eating, you know, dinosaur chicken nuggets and I have <laughs> I've surrendered to the reality of her eating her own meals kind of a world that I had always hoped I wouldn't get into. I mean, have they, I mean, do they eat, you know, clean juice and, and kind of, um, I mean, how in the world did you accomplish that if you have? Yeah, that's one thing that I was really like passionate about when creating clean juice was I wanted our menu to be able to serve like, yeah, someone like me that likes a green juice or is craving a green juice, but I wanted it to be able to serve like anyone that could come in and they could be like, wow, this is actually good. You know, like healthy food is actually tastes good. And it, it doesn't have to be this like nasty grass tasting thing. So I actually developed the menu. Um, my oldest kids were probably like eight and seven at the time. And I'll never forget. I was like, I would go to Costco and I, I would get just like tons of frozen fruit and ingredients. And I would make all these smoothies in my kitchen. And like the entire neighborhood would be like running through my house, like after playing kickball or something. And I would be like, all right, everyone stop. And I would serve like these 10 kids, all these different smoothies. And I knew if I could get a neighborhood full of like seven and eight year olds to be drinking the smoothies, then we had a concept that worked because it actually tasted good. So um, I would say, yes, they drink clean juice. Of course, it's like, they're pretty much drinking like the strawberry banana maple syrup one. So it's not exactly like the veggie heavy one, but I personally don't care about that. Like, I think sometimes we can get caught up with healthy eating with like, you know, spinach is better than strawberries. And that's really not true. Like the best fruit and vegetables for kids are the ones that they're going to eat. So, you know, if they really like strawberries and bananas, like let them have that, like let them have that every day. Don't force them to drink something else because when their body wants something else, it'll naturally tell them. So um, my kids definitely aren't perfect. It's funny every year at Thanksgiving, people always ask me, they're like, so like, what do you guys eat for Thanksgiving? I'm like butter and bread (laughs) and pumpkin pie, you know, like we're not crazy, like, um, you know, like crazy about what they eat, but I do try to, um, I would say mostly I really try to stick to organic. That's the biggest thing for me. So yes, they eat chicken nuggets, but they eat chicken nuggets that I get from this company called Butcher Box, where the chicken is completely organic and the breading on it uses no bad oils. Um, you know, I make homemade fries, so they're eating like a fresh potato. Um, if I have, if they have mac and cheese, it's like an Annie's that's actually organic. So I just try to make sure um, whatever they're eating is the highest quality because I think that really helps to stay away from just mostly some all that processed stuff that they're that they would get otherwise. Yeah, I um, I like Annie's too. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a, a common uh, thing. But, you know, kind of speaking to the menu, you know, from the fact that we have one basically two minutes from our office, I have noticed over time as you all have started to ramp up franchising and really grow, that menu has gone very much beyond sort of being a juice and smoothie bar. You're more like a cafe now. You know, I know you have like buffalo chicken wraps and and things like that. You know, I think when I first started going, there was only salads and bowls and smoothies, right? And juices. So you really kind of expanded that and talk a little bit about what's going on there, because I know you're really at sort of this inflection point here of, you know, there've been a lot of deals in the pipeline, but you know, now they're starting to open and then that momentum is building. So is it is it becoming, you know, more of a broad, you know, trying to get some of those veto votes out of there or just appeal to new people or you know, where is this all sort of headed? 
Yeah, so when we first first started, we were just juices, smoothies, and acai bowls. Um, so we literally were just doing basically frozen fruit and everything. Um, and then we realized that for a lot of our guests, like we were the only place that they were eating out because they were like, I'm really strict with my diet. You know, I try to do the best thing I can and you guys are the only place that I eat out. So, you know, we started to realize that if we offered more things that were of the high, you know, high quality ingredient category, um, that we really could offer our guests more of what they want. So um, after that, we added like toasts. That's when toasts were having a moment, like avocado toast was big. I think it's still our number one seller on our app, actually. Um, but so we added toast, then we added salads, um, and now we've gone on to add wraps. And then a year later, we added sandwiches. So um, I think, you know, true food, like center plate food, makes up over 30% of our product mix now, which is a lot. So I think when we saw such success with toast, which weren't exactly like they didn't have meat or anything, they just had avocado or hummus. Um, and they were so successful, we knew that people would start coming to us for lunch if we could offer a, like a heartier meal. Um, and it's great. Like I think about someone like my parents, you know, my parents aren't exactly juice and smoothie people, but I could go to clean juice with my dad, who's 65 years old, and I could get my green juice and my smoothie for the day. But now he can get an egg salad sandwich and something that can satiate him and he really enjoys. So um, I just think it was a natural evolution. We definitely didn't start out that way. But, um, you know, just through market research and asking our customers what they want, all of them talked about center of the plate food and um, having somewhere they could go that they could get a sandwich that they knew that turkey was organic or the chicken was organic and the bread was an organic sprouted brain, uh, grain bread. So again, I don't think we're reinventing the wheel with any of our product offering, but we're making sure with everything that we offer, those ingredients that we use are the highest quality, um, which makes all the difference. Yeah, and talk about the, all this evolution in terms of the, the franchise operator and how you've grown with them over the years. Because this has come a very long way in a very short window, relatively mm -hmm. speaking. So, I mean, how have you managed to support them? I mean, how has that part of your job changed? You know, I'm not sure if you began Clean Juice with the idea that you would be a giant franchise growing organization. <laughs> but I mean, what, what has it been like just making sure they have support and that you're gaining feedback from them and, you know, you're not falling into some of the holes that, you know, franchise companies you know, kind of some of the larger ones get accused of, of just not offering kind of the direct support that operators need and, and look for when they get involved. Absolutely. And I think that's always a balance, right? I think with franchising, that's probably the biggest thing my husband and I have learned is just like, we're never going to make everybody happy. And, um, and while some operators are thrilled about adding food, some other operators don't like the burden that it puts on them. So it's always just balancing what's going to give them the best quality of life, but also is going to move the brand forward um, in the way that it needs to. So it's just interesting that you say that. So we've had last year, we had something called the year of the guest where we really focused on focusing on our guest and um, creating the experience that they want and giving them like higher rewards and just um, making it a really guest focused experience. This year, our focus um, internally was called the year of the juice rista, which meant like honoring, you know, those kids that are working the counter, the ones that are making the juices and smoothies, how can we make their life better? And um, how can we make the system easier for them to operate? We started adding tipping on the register, which we had never done before. And um, like this year at our juice jam, we're having um, juice jams, like our annual conference, we're having juiceristas from across the country enter their recipes. And the, the number one winner will 
um, you know, get a scholarship money and we'll feature their smoothie in stores. And we introduced college scholarships. So we're giving away 10 of those this year. So just things like that to make that Juice Rista level good. Um, but where I'm going with this is next year, we're doing the year of the operator. And we're really going to focus on um, kind of what you said, like, okay, we've added all this stuff. Like we were just like, we're going 90, we're adding, you know, sandwiches and salads and all these different things that have um, obviously made their business a little more complicated. So how can we pause for a second and how can we not pull back, but just kind of reflect and look at what's going to make your life easier as an operator? What's going to make you want to expand to three, four, five stores because you aren't so overwhelmed with the day-to-day of running one? How can we make sure that you're getting every dollar that you can out of this while still making sure that your quality of life and your life with your family is good, right? Because that's what is so important to Landon and I. So we don't ever want this to be something where it's like clean juice is sucking you dry and you don't have time for your family. Um, Because I think food can be like that. You know, I think food is hard. I think some people underestimate what it's like running a restaurant. I think it's probably one of the hardest things to do, honestly, just because it's 24-7. It never stops. Um, and we really want to make sure our operators' lives are easy. So we're looking at all sorts of things to make sure that next year um, we can really help them um, operate in the best way possible. Yeah, you know, I think you're, you know, Clean Juice is probably one of the few restaurant or quick serve restaurant apps that I've used where the tipping is part of the checkout experience. Mm-hmm. I have noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's sometimes kind of interesting because you get a smoothie and it's like, you know, whatever it might be. And then you're, you're tipping on it, which I think before you would have put that sort of digital option in for people, they wouldn't have really thought about it, but it seems like most people are fine doing so, mm-hmm. you know, really has helps with kind of the, the wage um, conversation. If you start adding two, $3 an hour, you know, doing it that way versus just kind of upping it, you know, on the back end. Absolutely. And it wasn't something that we did from day one. Like I said, I, we just think, you know, we were paying our, our employees, you know, they weren't like waitresses making less than minimum wage where then they could get it tipped. And um, it was just a different industry back then. Um, so we didn't really have to do that. But I think we're all trying to figure out the best way to keep employees and keep costs down as everything continues to rise. So it just made sense. We never wanted anyone to feel pressured to tip because that's not what we're about either. But, um, you know, we wanted the option to be there for anyone that wanted to kind of honor the juiceristas in that way. And our employees, they are making handcrafted items. You know, they're, they're making them themselves. They're, you know, it's not something that they're like squirting out from an ice cream cone or whatever. It's they're really measuring things and, and crafting the smoothie themselves. So, um, it was nice to honor them in that way. Yeah. So you mentioned there kind of the year of the guest. And I, I think one of probably the most disruptive forces we've seen, I've witnessed this time and again, I'm sure you have, of course, too. And this is something I imagine you talk about a lot is that, you know, that app ordering or the ordering ahead, however people want to go about doing it, you know, walking into the store, you know, where the preference is in terms of, you know, the employees and who they have to serve because, you know, you walk in and somebody's got to be making one digital thing while you're meeting somebody at the counter and, you know, they're trying to time things up, of course, so you're not walking in and waiting, but then the person walking in doesn't really want to wait behind the person who ordered ahead. And so the circle kind of repeats itself. So, I mean, what is what has that been like? Of course, we know that that was really ignited by the fact that, of course, people couldn't order at the counter there in some respects at some places. So what is it like balancing those at this uh, stage in the recovery now that people do want to do both and one habit is there and the other is returning and it's really good for sales, but it's also really complicated for operations. I mean, how is uh, how have you been kind of talking to operators just about what that's, you know, what that's been like and, and kind of how it goes forward? 
Mm-hmm. This might sound kind of like sophomoric, but um, so early on, like we had an app, like, I don't know, 2016, 2017, that was pretty basic, but we would keep all the products that we made like under the counter in our refrigerator. And when they would come, they would, you know, wave us down or whatever, and we'd hand it to them. And like you said, when it became so much more common that people were doing that, it just became really awkward and clunky. And and like you said, people were like waiting and getting angry and et cetera, et cetera. So probably about a year and a half to two years ago, maybe a year and a half ago, we added just like a on the counter fridge that you can open from the back and the front. And it just has like a branded sticker that says pick up here. So now when they make the smoothies, the juicery says put them in the back. And when the customer comes in, they can just open the front door and grab it and go. And it's right over by the door. So um, I mean, it's an easy fix, but it made a huge world of difference. I think occasionally you get someone that doesn't know where that is. And then we just tell them and then next time they know. Um, but it was really, really helpful. And it was a minimal investment that's made that whole process run a lot smoother. Yeah. So on kind of the employee front, uh, you know, one thing I think it's always interesting in this category is whenever I walk into a, a clean juice, it seems like the employees are also people who would eat a clean juice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they, they just kind of have a certain look and vibe to them. I'm obviously it helps having kind of the branded merchandise that you all do with the kale and things. Mm-hmm. But I mean, how does that go into the hiring process? You know, you often hear this idea that, you know, especially in restaurants, you hire more for personality than you do for resumes because, you know, who has a resume when they're 17 years old and, right. you know, working the counter at many restaurants. So, I mean, how, how does that work from, from your end in terms of directives? I mean, what are you looking for? You know, how do you find good talent? I think that's the question we're all asking right now at this point with, you know, what people are doing, but... I mean, how have you managed to kind of foster that, you know, culture up and down the organization? Yeah, I would say it's hard. I would say, um, of course, having the right manager and the right culture in the store makes all the difference. Um, Our second core value is fun as a non-negotiable. So I really try to enforce, like, you have to have fun at work. Otherwise, these kids just aren't going to show up. So um, as upbeat and friendly and fun as we can make the environment is really important. But I think just um, what we do like lends to a kid that is interested in what we do, like you said. So, um, you know, we always have like girls that are interested in yoga or sports or athletes or they're already eating our products because they understand why it's better. So they want to work in an environment where, first of all, they're getting free product. And second of all, they're not surrounded by necessarily like heavy fryers or greasy food, like they don't want to leave being in that environment when that's not what they do with the rest of their lives. So um, yes, we definitely are blessed in that way that just kind of that caliber of person that's really interested in health and wellness wants to work for us. So I think that's just kind of been, you know, a lucky thing that um, our product lends to those type of people. But I think more than that, like, just creating a fun environment and creating like I was on TikTok the other night and I went to the clean juice hashtag and I'm like scrolling through, I think it had like 2.7 million mentions or whatever. And it was all like these juiceristas at work that were just making fun videos and doing stuff with produce. And I'm like, that made me so happy that that culture has continued to where they feel like they can laugh and play at work um, and, and have fun and be something that they can go enjoy doing every day. Right. So kind of, um, in addition to just the the digital gains and how that's really kind of helped move the needle, you know, I know last year, 2021, you had your best fourth quarter ever, which I think is pretty remarkable, you know, 20% up and, um, you know, for the whole year, 16% up, which is also pretty 
awesome 3.3 million guests. I'm just kind of reading statistics here, <laughs> but the but the point being, I, I think what do you what do you think this says just about the category of better eating in general? Um, you know, I think immunity is has got a really strong and firm place now because, of course, people you know, recognized there was this virus going on and our health became a little bit more of a front and center conversation than it was when I think the majority of us didn't think there even could ever be a pandemic in our day and age. And then sure enough, there was. So, I mean, do you think you're kind of riding a tailwind there in terms of people are starting, especially a younger generation that they're paying more attention to, and even older generations too, don't want don't to X them out, but mm-hmm. uh just in terms of, you know, better for you food and in quick service, so that is, you know, no longer kind of a crazy notion. And obviously you're sort of seeing those results. Absolutely. I think, so my husband's a numbers guy and I hate doing interviews without him because he always knows the exact technical. It's funny. You said your partner who's the technical guy wasn't here. I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I, I'm like a visionary. I talk in big concepts, but I know when we started the brand, the organic industry was a like a few billion dollars a year and it's increased like I think 20 times over just in the time that we've been doing business and that's with like billions of dollars so the organic industry just that alone is growing exponentially every single day more and more people are just realizing um, why that certification is important why a strawberry that's not organic is so different than an organic strawberry and what you're getting so I think that's really been helpful for us for sure um And then I think people just aren't feeling good when they're eating out and eating normal food. Like, I think we're all so busy. I don't think that's going anywhere to where, um, you know, we're not, people aren't running around to grab lunch and stuff. But I think they realize when they're eating a certain way every day, they just don't feel good. They don't feel like themselves. They're kind of fighting against themselves all the time. So they want these better for you options. They want to feel good. They want to fuel their bodies in the right way. So I think, yes, the healthy industry is only growing. And that makes me just really, really excited and really happy for where it's going clean juice or not, because I just think that people need to start realizing food is either their medicine or their poison, you know? So it's like, we can choose one of the two ways. And that's kind of why we have such a mission behind clean juice is I really wanted to create a place where people could come in and have the option of choosing medicine when they're eating out, because it's really, really hard to find otherwise. Yeah. And I think from the uh, franchise perspective, this is true as well. Um, I know the late March announcement that you all had was 14 new stores signed in two and a half months, which kind of, you know, just kind of continues what we're talking about here, 30th and 31st states for the brand. So clearly, you know, I think you've proven that this works and that it's attractive to operators in addition to consumers. But I mean, I guess the the question is, you know, I think we know what kind of guests that you attract, but is it the same as is the same true of franchisees? I mean, are you looking at operators from kind of all backgrounds here? Are they the type of people who, you know, you hope that they align with the mission too and that's part of your vetting process or you know, what is it what is kind of the system that's building this brand right now look like? I mean, what kind of operators is it made up of? Yeah, so we have pretty much basically across the board um, operators that own from one to three stores. So it's really people that are just super passionate about um, juicing or clean eating, and they want to own something that can be a pillar in their community for that. Like we don't have any private equity groups that are coming in saying, I'm going to develop, you know, all of Kentucky or whatever. Um, They're all really, they're all really local people that just want to bring this to their store. And that's not to say that we, 
eventually wouldn't go that way. But just historically, how the brand has been built has just been from really, really passionate people. And I think that especially the organic part, it's important that they understand the why behind that, because, you know, they're going to look at their ordering guide and they're going to see that they're paying a premium for organic. And if they don't really believe in that, they're going to quickly start to come to us to question, why am I doing this? You know, so um, I don't we haven't really had that that um, problem because our owners really do believe in what we're doing and they're really engaged with that. So um, I think the downside of that is many of them don't have food service background. So that's a little bit of a learning curve. And I think we try, especially now, maybe we didn't so much in the beginning, but especially now we try to really emphasize in the, in the awarding process, like this is hard, <laughs> you know, this is like food is not, like I say, it's not like just buying your next Louis Vuitton handbag and now you're like, oh, now I own a juice bar. Like it's a lot of work. You're in there, you're slugging juice around, you're slugging smoothies around, you're working with teenagers and there's a lot to it. It's really rewarding work and it's really um, enjoyable, but it's hard work for sure. So um, that's how we've grown. Our ownership group is really, really awesome. I think that that's what gives the kind of brand the like special energy that it has is that all of our owners are really engaged and very passionate and really believe in what we do. Um, and I think too, that really helped us with COVID because we only closed one store um, permanently from COVID. And really we only closed stores like when there was, um, you know, an outbreak or we were trying to follow the CDC guidelines of exposure and stuff like that. And it was just closed for a week or two and then they all reopened. So I think that was just a testament to how dedicated our ownership groups were and how passionate um, all the owners of the brand really are. So when you opened that first one, how long was it before you realized you can open a second one and go beyond that? I mean, I think as you mentioned, you probably realized how difficult it was. <laughs> I think everyone does when they get involved, but um, yeah, yeah I, did you realize you had a growth thing at hand? I would say it was pretty quickly. I mean, my husband and I both like, I don't think we do anything small, you know, like we have this big family, we have this big business. I don't think it was ever um, a question that we didn't want to grow it. But I do remember like, our big goal was like, how amazing would it be to have 10 stores across Charlotte in five years? And uh, five years later, we had 10 times that we had 100 stores, you know, so it was, it's, you know, we, we attest that to God and his hand on this business. But um, it was pretty quickly that we realized we wanted to grow. Um, we didn't necessarily know that it was going to be through franchising. I think we thought it was going to be just through corporate growth and funding our own stores. But pretty much from the day we opened, like, like multiple, I'm talking like 10, 20 people a day would be like, is this a franchise? How can I get one? Where do I get more information? So I don't even know that we really had like thought about what that word meant before. Um, so then we really started kind of talking to people about franchising, talking to the right lawyers, talking to our families. And um, we kind of were on the early tail of juice bars. Like there weren't a ton that were franchising. Like it was still just where it was like a traditional, I don't know, Planet Smoothie or Jamba Juice or a Smoothie King that we don't really consider um, true competition, you know, people weren't really doing it um, then. So we realized that we had this product that people wanted and wanted to franchise and bring to their communities. So I think within six months, we were having our FDD developed. So it was pretty fast. Um, and I think that's what started our initial growth. Like by the time we had our FDD paperwork ready, we had sold out Charlotte. Like we had 13 stores that were sold like within a week of of having it available just because people loved it so much and they wanted the opportunity to, to own their own. So. Right. I think that's a nice thing. <laughs> so, so I have to ask you about Tim Tebow as I warned you I would. Mm -hmm. um, 
so for those of you who don't know, he is, I guess, a spokesperson, uh, you know, in terms of being very committed to being on the same wavelength as you all and beliefs and the brand and where he wants to kind of promote it. So I'm a University of Florida grad. Um, yeah. I was there when he was winning his titles. So a little bit of a personal uh, fan, but I guess just talk about how you all got connected, you know, his role in, in helping you all get the message out. He's a very charismatic guy, as we all know. So, yeah. you know, how did you strike up that relationship? Yeah, he's awesome. Um, Tim's wonderful. And I think like some days we're like, it's just so cool that he's chosen to partner with us. But he is a partner. Um, he's actually opening his first store in Jacksonville, where he lives. And he has a second store opening um, near where he went to college. So he is he is a partner. And then, of course, a spokesperson. And um, like he's coming to our conference this year. But it really just happened naturally. He was coming in as a guest and our owner down in the Jacksonville store um, kind of knew someone that worked at his foundation and was hearing how much Tim liked our product and liked our messaging. And he was like, he kind of just said to them like, Hey, bring them down to the office. I would love to talk to them. Meaning me and Landon, like I'd love to talk to those guys. So we were like, when Tim Tebow tells you to come see him, you come see him. So we like got on a plane and went down there. And um, yeah. I mean, he just literally sat with us for like, probably two hours that first time we met and he brought his wife in and he was just like asking us all sorts of questions. And he really wanted to understand. Um, he was really intentional about asking about our faith and our family. Um, and we had some alignments. Like at that point we had actually fostered three kids from Afghanistan. Um, they had just left that summer and he does a ton of work in Afghanistan. Um, so he was able to like help with some more kind of personal stuff and like what his mission was. Like we just aligned across the board. So I think we all knew after that meeting that we had like a special chemistry and he of course eats super, super clean. His I've never seen someone probably in my life who has a stricter diet than him. Um, but he really liked all of our green products and just the availability there. So we just continued the conversation over the next couple months. And we talked about what partnering together might look like. And um, it was really natural. It was really easy um, which tends to be like the sign in business that that's a good idea. I feel like when I try to push stuff or force things like that, never it never ends well. But when things are just natural and they just kind of come, um, it always seems to be the right partnership. So um, we signed him a couple months later and, and he's been wonderful. I mean, I don't think that there's probably anyone that we could have chosen to stand for our brand better than him just for what he stands for personally, professionally. Um, he's a great husband. He's a great leader. Um, so it's just really an honor to work with him. I would be interested to see what his order was. I mean, cause he's got to <laughs> consume a lot of calories in the course of it. He eats so much. Right. I mean, yeah. I don't like, like when I'm, I mean, it's almost like hourly and he's eating huge meals and he's like having a green, then having a salad, then having acai bowls, then, um, he has people that help him that'll bring, you know, his chicken and his vegetables. I mean, I, like, I actually don't know his caloric intake must be absolutely through the roof but yeah, he's keto yeah. so he's particular like he doesn't he really tries to stay away from carbs um so like he had them make a smoothie that was like like we were going to make the tim tebow one but like it would have been repulsive like it was like can't like it was all greens yeah. like absolutely no sugar nothing sweet you know but he just drinks it and keeps on going and he's so strict like he told me when he goes on mission trips like just because he's really particular about what he puts in his body 
um, like he'll just fast. He's like, I'll just go full fast, like for a week or two weeks. And he'll just literally do water because he doesn't want to put anything in his body. So I'm like, he's in a mission trip, like in the middle of nowhere, like no air, no heat, no food. (laughs) He's just like, I guarantee you he's as content as when you see him on the side of the road. He's just that, he's just that kind of guy. He's a different breed. Like after me and Landon are like with him, I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like, like, we we've accomplished nothing you know <laughs> like he just has that presence you know he has yeah, that he like does. just i can take on the world like presence about him which is really, really yeah cool. i mean it's been a really long time since i talked to him um in an interview setting but i remember kind of walking away and thinking you know he's one of those people who he says a lot of kind of intense things but he seems very mm-hmm. genuine in all of it um oh, so that's what i remember telling people is that yeah, you know, I've heard other people talk like Tim Tebow before, but at the same time, I'm not sure I've ever seen anyone quite as dedicated to his own uh, things that he's saying as he is. <laughs> whether or not yeah, you want to, you know, whether or not you agree with it or not or whatever, at the same time, I don't think he's ever moved off of who he is. I agree, I and I really appreciate that about him, yeah. Yeah, so before before I let you go... Um, I'll just give you a chance here to talk about where the brand is going. You know, I, I know we've mentioned a little bit about it being a very exciting trajectory. We don't need any specific numbers here, <laughs> but just in terms of big picture, um, you know, how accessible and you continue to broaden the reach of clean juice and bring it to more people, you know, across the country. I mean, what is kind of, uh, you know, maybe the next two or three year vision, you know, for the company? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we want to, um, I know this is kind of like a lame answer, but we just want to keep growing with the right people in the right areas and um, the right ownership group. So I don't think that we're ever going to force something that we don't feel is right. Like I said, I don't think it's our intention to go out and find private equity groups that want to, you know, quickly grow the brand. We want to grow with the right people that are really passionate about what we're doing. Um, We have a lot of really cool opportunities that we're about wrapping up here in kind of the third party, non-traditional world. So whether that's airports, universities. Um, There's a big partnership that I hope I'll be able to come on here and announce soon because it's really exciting for just kind of non-traditional locations. But um, growing in that way, so just more um, that maybe aren't your traditional 1,200 square foot box, but you're going to find us maybe in more places that you're already visiting. Um, I think that's a huge opportunity, especially universities. Like sometimes you go on those college campuses and you're like, oh my gosh, these poor kids have nothing nutritious to eat for the entire four years that they're there. So um, we're getting a lot of requests for that. Um, and I think that there's a great opportunity to have like CPG products within stores. And um, so if, even if you don't have a clean juice near you, you can access kind of what we're offering. So um, like you said, I think the brand has legs. I think the sky's the limit. I think we have like 12 to 1500 um, locations nationwide that today we could go into. So um, we have a ton of white space and a ton of room for growth and um we're just excited that we have the opportunity to kind of represent the organic food movement like we do. Yeah, I'm kind of wondering when the second uh, USDA certified organic juice concept will open. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's only a matter of time, right? Yeah. So It's hard. You know, it's a hard certification. It's hard to, um, unless you really believe in it, it's hard to stick with it. So, yeah. Just, um, you know. and I, ho- I hope more people um, start to make that offering. And I even get excited when I go into restaurants and I see that a salad is served with organic lettuce or organic chicken. I think even just those little changes or organic eggs at a breakfast spot, like seeing those type of things are really, really awesome and really exciting just for the future of, 
our country and food and our country's overall health because anyone can look at that and be like, we're one of the most obese countries in the world. Like our, our rates on everything are, we're supposed to be the superpower and we're like really not holding up to that standard. And I really think a lot of that starts with food and just availability to um, quick serve eating on the go where you can make the right choice for your body. Cause it, it really, really is important. Yeah. I mean, your, your point just in, when I look back to when I was in college, um, our, our food hall <laughs> or, you know, not our, not like our dining room hall, but you know, where they actually had restaurants. I mean, it was a few fast food concepts. One of them, which was, I guess the highest grossing, you know, in the country, which is sort of scary, but you know, there wasn't, there wasn't a single, health concept on all of the whole campus you know so yeah you know if you were an athlete you probably were having smoothies made for you by the nutrition department you know inside the uh, organization but then in terms of where you would go on your own as a student none of that was available to you and probably absolutely and probably now you know i have not been to campus in you know 15 years but i imagine there's something um yeah well i just think kids are more educated these days like I don't ever honestly remember thinking about food at all, unless it was like about being skinny, you know, like I wasn't thinking about the quality of my food for health reasons until I had my first child. Like in college, like it was like Taco Bell, beer, like whatever, pizza, like it was, there was no thought to that whatsoever. And I just don't think that's the case anymore. I think, you know, social media for better or worse has like introduced kids to at a younger age, like hey, eating that really isn't good. It's not just going to make you fat. It's going to make you, you know, all these other things that are more important than your weight even. You know, what you're putting in your body really matters. So, like, our top stores always are college stores during the year yeah. when, when school's in session, always. That Chapel Hill store that you're near is always top five, and it's because of the college students, you know. So if they're not having it on campus, they're going to look for it off campus. So let's bring it to them where they can have it even more accessible to them. I know. I can never park there. And it's only, it's probably yeah. like 500 square feet, too. That's a tiny little location. So it's always packed out. Yeah. Half the people are waiting outside, which is yeah. I think good for, for everybody. Um, all right, cool. Well, Kat, thank you so much for sharing everything. You know, we really appreciate the time. Um I think if anybody wants to reach Cat or just learn about a clean juice franchise, I imagine they just go to the website. It's probably the best place. Usually what people say when we ask them that question, but I'll give you a chance to sign off yeah. here. Um, and if there is somewhere else people can reach you, um, you know, just let them know. Awesome. Yeah. Just head to um, cleanjuice.com. Of course, we're on Instagram and Facebook and all that kind of stuff too. So um, we love hearing from people and, um, we love feedback. That's one of our core values is to accept feedback. So that's always something that we appreciate. And um, I thank you so much for having me today. And I'd love to talk again soon. Yeah, no, thank you so much. And um, for everybody listening, as always, we appreciate the support. And we'll uh, see you next time.